The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The brain is our personal tool to keep us at our best and realize self-esteem. The mind, body, and immune system work together to help us make the right choices and to reach our purpose and potential. Welcome to Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets. Lindsay and her guests are the go-to experts when it comes to relationships, sexuality, parenting, and wellness. We're here to enlighten and inform you. Now, here is your host, Lindsay Levinson. Hi, I'm Lindsay Levinson, and I am your host here at Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets, and I'm really glad you're here. I'm so glad you're listening, whether you have found us live or whether you are able to catch us on an archive. It really doesn't matter. It matters that you're listening and that you're choosing this show to listen to, so thank you. We have a community. It is building. I love to tout it a bit, and it's really on behalf of all of you who are of 30,000 plus. And so thank you for that. We're, you know, we're growing strong and we're going strong and it makes a big difference. Please on Facebook, like our page. I always ask you to, and I really appreciate when you do. That's just illuminating now. All one word. It is at sign illuminating now. There's a lot of stuff going out on these pages and on Twitter, we're just sort of waking up and it's kind of big time. So it's fun to go look at what is really happening on these sites. So just even if it's a peek, go go take a peek. It's worth it. And qualityforlifecoaching.com, that's my site. That's four words, qualityforlifecoaching.com. And I'd be glad to do a free consult with you or anything you might want to talk about, ideas for the show, being on the show, anything at all. Feel free to hit me up on qualityforlifecoaching.com. Our guest today, I haven't introduced him yet. I'm going to, but his site is www.peopletoolsbook.com. So not an S at the end of book, just singular, peopletoolsbook.com. So take that down. I'm really excited to have our guest back. It is his second visit. And, you know, I would have loved to have him for a second visit anyway, because I think he's an amazing man and we've built a friendship and... I really think the world of him. But the reason he's on the show is because he was on in April releasing his book, People Tools, which had 54 strategies for relationships and ways to be in life and be in the world and love your life and do it a little more right than wrong. And so it was great. It was a great show, got a lot of great response. But he's back again because he released a book, last month. And that book is People Tools for Business. So, you know, who releases <laughs> two books um, at the speed of light? It's kind of mastery, maybe magic. I'm not sure. But let's just say he's doing something right with getting this information disseminated to us all. So this is really great. And I'm thrilled to have him on the show so we can talk about the book. I'm going to do one more thing. 
maybe two. <laughs> I'm going to give you more addresses. And addresses sometimes, you know, can be tedious over the radio, but I think they're important and people need to know how to look at the things they want to look at. So Facebook is People Tools Book. Twitter is at sign Alan. That's A-L-A-N-C Fox, F-O-X, all one word. And the URL is peopletoolsbook.com. And you can also reach him at Alan at peopletoolsbook.com if you wanted to email him. So those are important to know. My last little spiel, and then we're going to introduce him, is just to tell you a little bit about him. Because when you tune in on the radio, you kind of want to know, who are you about to listen to and why are they even on the show? So Alan Fox, he's the president of ACF Property Management, Inc. He's the author of the New York Times bestseller, People Tools, The 54 Strategies for Building Relationships, Creating Joy, and Embracing Prosperity. He has university degrees in accounting, law, education, professional writing. He was employed as a tax supervisor for a national CPA firm, established his own law firm, then founded a commercial real estate company in 1968 that, let me tell you, now owns over $1 billion in real estate. Guy is doing something right here in business, right? So he's got something going on. Fox is the founder, editor, and publisher of Rattle, one of the most respected literary magazines in the United States. And he sits on the board of directors, several nonprofit foundations. So that's the business side. There's much to his family side, which I believe incorporates right on in to how he built these 50 strategies for this book. I will say that Bill Cosby is who endorsed his last book. And as we move toward the business realm, he's been endorsed by many. But let's just say uh, the CEO of Abacus said, With refreshing candor, Alan Fox shares the invaluable lessons that he has garnered over an extremely successful 45-year career. That is Brent Kessel, CEO of Abacus Wealth Partners, and by the way, author of It's Not About the Money. And then Alan was also endorsed by Zappos.com CEO. And gosh, I'm guessing we've all heard of what's going on with Zappos and who that CEO is and how he's made his people happy He says, we all want to be happy and successful at work and in our lives. In his new book, People Tools for Business, Alan Fox shares invaluable insights that can help you make a career out of being happy. What a great point, Tony Heights. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. Tony Sai, maybe. Um, I've seen so many videos on this man. I love this guy. But anyway, New York Times bestselling author of Delivering Happiness, and he's the CEO of Zappos. Okay, I wanted to read a couple of those references because it's really cool to see how people in business are doing it right, and then they pick out someone else in business and say, you've got to read this guy's book. He's really onto something. So you, I just want to say, Alan, I'm so happy you're here, and thanks for putting up with my intros. They take a little while, but um, you know, it's, it's lovely to have you here, and so thank you so very much. Well, thank you, Lindsay. I really, really enjoyed our, our first time. And um, in fact, I think used one of the stories you told me in my in this new book. And um, I really like what you have to say. So it's a pleasure to be back. Thank you. Yeah, I really I enjoyed our camaraderie so much. And we were just on the same page on a, on a lot of levels. Of course, I have so much to learn from you. But it's nice to talk to someone who you know you know that you're really relating to. I love. I'm gonna. I want to tell the listeners. I love how his first book was laid out, and he laid the next one out the same. So I want to just say, 
It is really easy reading. It's very easy to understand. It's very easy to put into practical application. He lays these strategies out a couple pages at a time, and you end up with a strategy that you'll really use. So um, this book was wonderful, and I love how you use your personal examples. And so do you have a favorite do you have a favorite out of the strategies? Are you know many of them just kind of just all favorite? Well, I was just talking to my son, who's uh, had problem with the const- uh, reconstruction of his house with the contractor, and um, one of the important chapters in people's loser businesses: don't sue the bastard. Meaning, I've been involved in a lot of litigation over the past forty-five years, and believe me, the attorneys do fine. Uh, litigants generally don't. So one of my favorites is avoid litigation should possibly can and deal with people who are reliable. I like that. Yeah, people do get caught up in litigation and um, and miss exactly what they stand to lose in, in some of that. I think I... Uh, tell me about Advertise Your Mistakes. That's a big one, uh, Lindsay. When I started practicing law... Like perhaps most, if not all, new attorneys, um, I never made a mistake, at least not one that I admitted to. <laughs> and the people who worked for me, they didn't say anything because I signed their paycheck, but they found that fairly obnoxious. <laughs> and uh, I was very ready to point out all of their mistakes. And, of course, I had the advantage of hindsight because somebody did something and made a typo. I could see it and say, hey, you made another mistake. Right. Very discouraging. And when I got back to school in school of education, I found out that people really like you a lot better if you admit your mistakes. So I decided in my law office to start advertising my my mistakes. And to my surprise, the people who worked for me absolutely loved it. I, I, I looked more human, and I was more human. And since I am human, I do make mistakes. And uh, they felt more comfortable coming to me with their mistakes. And I think we all did a much better job as a result. Instead of trying to hide something and sweep it under the carpet, we we uh, advertised our mistakes and we learned from them and did much better work in the future. I think that's I think that's so, so important that you're saying that. And I think on our last show, and that's why I love the correlation. I love these two books, and I love the human factor that you bring into both of them. And we, you and I talked about saying sorry, and, and we were talking about, I know I brought up, and you said you felt the same about almost finding reasons to say you're sorry because – when people are frustrated or they think you're inhuman or they think you're you know, cocky or they're just mad at you, it, you cannot really diffuse it very quickly. And that doesn't serve any of us. So sometimes trying to find the thing we've done wrong and put ourselves into a human capacity really allows others to immediately diffuse and calm themselves down, <laughs> you know, get, get a lot more calm so they can have the conversation they want to have with us rather than be defensive and mad at us. And, and so this really, you're really in line, you know, by, by saying this, I love that you did this in a business way because as a leader, it's, it's so important that people can look up to you and know that you can admit you're human and you can admit a mistake. Yeah. So. That's really absolutely, awesome. absolutely, and on the original book, the tool was apology, and you know you don't have to apologize for what you did if if you don't agree, but you could certainly apologize for the other person being upset. I mean, That's... unless you intentionally wanted to upset them, which is usually not a good idea. <laughs> so true that 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 is classic. That's something I wish we could say that 
to every station and every person walking on the streets right now, it, I think people don't get the distinction. They do not get the delineation. And so, or we wouldn't have such a competitive, defensive kind of world. And that is in the world, that's in business, and it's in relationship. It's with parents, it's with children. But it's, it's really easy to just say, I'm, I'm sorry that this is hurting you. I, I'm not you know, even saying, I'm not sure I did it wrong, or I don't even think I did it wrong, but I hate that you're in pain. That is actually something I'm really sorry for. And that's, you know, that delineation can save so many relationships that people would just be able to do that. So I, I love that. And I will continue to say, I carry around, <laughs> I carry around your first book. You know, everyone's on Kindle and I did download this one on Kindle and have it in my hands as well. But, um, but you know, the way you've laid this out, I've got it all like with tabs, color-coded tabs. <laughs> and, and that's a little I have to admit. Many, got, many people so, told me that. They carry it around with them. If they have a problem, um, they, they just pick a chapter and it seems to solve their problems, which, uh, <laughs> which is great. It is great. It is. I, you know, some of my OCD might play into this with the color coding and the labels, but it's um, it's lovely to be able to flip to a page. So how about, I, I could not resonate with this more when I read it, don't run out of cash. Oh my gosh. Talk about that, please. Um, absolutely. <laughs> I Through my entire business career, I've always kept the budget of cash. And I read a, an article in the Wall Street Journal years ago by a man who said that he didn't particularly care for business professors, but there was a hardware business professor doing a Saturday workshop, and so he signed up. And the professor started the workshop by saying, there are ten rules of business. Rule number one, don't run out of cash. Rule number ten, don't run out of cash. The other eight <laughs> rules aren't nearly so important. And, you know, I have seen close up uh, a number of my friends, people in business, they have run out of cash. And they don't sleep nights. Um, I think to go into business, you have to be optimistic, but you also have to be realistic. And cash is absolutely king. Um, and if you can't pay your credit cards and you get bad credit, then, then borrowing money costs you even more, and you're, you're in a big downward spiral. So I think that's something also that in terms of cash, you know, some people don't feel they're too good at, at projecting or at accounting or whatever. But, you know, I have another uh, uh, people tool in the business book, uh, budget, don't fudge it, meaning write down a budget. And the budget is just a list of, of the income you expect and a list of the expenses. And hopefully the income is more than the expenses. But if you just list these things and plan for the future, then hopefully you won't run out of cash. And uh, that's awfully important. It's so important. I remember, I mean, my dad came home when I was 16 and he gave me a credit card and I lived at home. I mean, I was like, what? Are, they paid for everything, you know, and, he, and, he, and why are you giving me this, dad, you know? And he said, oh, don't, you know, you don't need to pay attention to it. I will tell you to use it now and then, you know, I, you're 16, I'm starting your credit. I'm starting to establish credit for you. And I just, you know, I thought it was goofy. And in time, I understood it very clearly and it paid off. And so then when, you know, I did it for my child as well as they went off to school and my child was like, well, you know, I won't use this credit card. Don't worry. I'll be really careful. And I said, no, I've set it up on automatic pay. Use it every chance you get. Don't use more than this amount of money per month, and it's going to pay itself off, you know. And we're going to, and then you'll you'll get an increase, you know. So just that whole concept of good credit, and you know, that's even how you get 
a credit card, but the fact that you manage your cash is where it all begins. You have to be able to manage it, and people people sometimes go to the you know credit options first. You yes, talk absolutely. about uh, a good friend of mine uh, went to buy a house after being married for about two years, and found for the first time that her husband had terrible credit. Uh, and instead of getting a loan at the going rate at that time, which was 6%, they had to pay 10% on the house loan uh, because of the husband's bad credit. So, you know, if you're, if you're married, maybe you should check out your spouse's uh, credit as well. <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't be a bad idea anyway. And as in, in my practice, I see that a lot too. People are, as they come in for the, you know, potential split up or to work through financial problems, that's some of what some of them are discovering. So very, very true. What people, uh, people have to take this really seriously. But here's one that I was, I, I just cannot tell you how much I resonate with you. I really can't. And and again, and it's so much of the way that you put things in layman's terms. But you talk about you're not in the business of making telephone calls. So I, I would love to brag about everything you said in this, but it's your strategy. So you tell us you're not in the business of making telephone calls. Talk about what that means. Okay. Yeah. Well, People Tools for Business, that's, that's one of my favorite chapters. And it happened because... I came into my office one Monday morning after being gone Friday, and there was a note on the elevator. Elevator does not work. And so I checked with the person who's supposed to fix it. Oh, yeah, someone got stuck in it Thursday afternoon, and um, they were supposed to be here Friday to fix it, and I guess they didn't come, but I called them today. Well, the elevator wasn't fixed until Tuesday, so it didn't work from Thursday afternoon until about noon Tuesday. And the person who was working for me said, well, I made the telephone call. And I became irate. You're not in the business of making telephone calls. You're in the business of fixing the elevator and getting it to work. And, you know, by that I mean so many times we say, well, I did this and this. Well, you're not in the business of a salesman of making calls. If you make a 1,000 calls a day and sell nothing, I'd rather have you make one call a day and sell $10,000 worth of product. So you have to bear in mind that to be successful in business, which is what People Tools for Business is all about, you have to make things happen and not just go through the motions. Right. I, I just I couldn't agree with you more. And I again, this is something I wish we would be able to teach this more because we do. We teach the tacticals that lead to a result. But and this, I'll go right back to your other book, relationships too. You know, we have ta- like being able to say you're sorry. We have tacticals of what we want to. You know, we want to be heard, or we want to be right, or we want to say we did our twenty calls for the day. Um, but the res- the results are what matter. The results are what matter, and I I don't know that <laughs> that we're learning that well enough. So I love that you put that in the book, and that elevator was such a good example. Here's another one that I really just want you to explain, and I hope people are listening because, again, we all of this, we're in a society where we want to reach big, and the bigger the better, and oh my gosh, my chance to be rich might be great. So you say, make, your, make little deals your big deals. So talk about that. Yes, that was something which fortunately I learned very early when uh, I was working with uh, the CPA firm. I was trying to put together a deal which would have taken five years. And I talked to a friend of mine who was a banker one day, and he said, Alan, 
says, don't work on a deal, which may or may not happen in five years. Because if it doesn't happen, you've wasted five years of your life. He says, do smaller deals. You can do two a month. And believe me, over five years, if you've done 24 deals, that's going to amount to more than the one deal, which may or may not happen. So, and, and I've seen companies take, take these huge risks, uh, kind of you bet the company, and in terms of your life, you know, maybe maybe big companies can afford to do that. In terms of your life, I, I don't think so. So take smaller chunks and things that you can be successful with and get more experience at it. And also uh, a corollary of that is don't do anything so big. You know, the biggest property I ever bought was $107 million and um, in Scottsdale, Arizona. Wonderful city, wonderful location, lots of money. And those uh, that property was foreclosed on about five years later by the bank. So do little deals and don't do any deal that is so big that all by itself it would sink your company. Very, very good advice. Very good advice. Why do you say wait three days? What's wait three days? Why three days and why wait at all? <laughs> okay. Well, in some cases, I agree with you. Don't wait at all. Um, but in some cases, especially uh, when I get angry, I know that when I get angry, I, I can't think as straight and I just want to lash out right. uh, much like anybody else. <laughs> and so when I get upset, uh, you know, I notice from internal revenue, that you know, we're, we're going to audit uh, your client or audit you. Um, you know, that's pretty upsetting. And uh, well, one day I got a letter from my former law partner who was, this was a very, very threatening letter. And I knew he wrote threatening letters. And um, I knew if I tried to answer right away, I would just lash out and be nasty myself, and that wouldn't solve anything. So I waited three days, and I find that after three days, whatever came in on Monday, by Thursday, you know, it's not that big a deal. It kind of blends into the background noise of the other things that can go wrong. So I wait three days when I can be calm and rational in answering. And um, in that particular case with my law partner, he thought his property should be worth more, and I had mismanaged it, et cetera. So I bought it from him for what he thought it should be worth, and a few years later I sold it at a nice profit. So, you know, it, it pays to be calm and rational and not overly emotional um, in, in business and in life. And for me, by waiting three days, that's... That helps me to do exactly that. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it's it's really good advice. And again, overlaps into relationship, whether it's three days or you know, people say just take a breather, take a take a minute because any any time you're mad or in emotion, just making decision in intense emotion is a dangerous thing to do. So I think that that's a wise, certainly in business. Do you feel like there's a lot of overlap? I saw that you had a quote that said you know, when you, you talked about this book and you said this book is about business. It's also about the business of life. You said you are the sole proprietor of your own life. So do, did you find the weaving of so many relational dynamics into the way that you were thinking through the 50 strategies? Yes, absolutely. Well, for example, take uh, the one we were just um, talking about. You're not in the business of making phone calls. Well, in your life, too, 
you're, you're not just in the business of going through the motions. You're in the business of making things happen. If you want to plan a vacation and make your airline reservations, then you have to do that. Because, you know, if you want to fly from Los Angeles to San Francisco on Southwest Airlines, and you do it the day before, you make reservations. It's going to be very expensive. If you do it three weeks earlier, it's a lot cheaper. So the ideas of planning... Um, uh, waiting three days if you're really angry. Uh, I think all of these tools can uh, can be very useful. Um, uh, you know, admitting your uh, advertising your mistakes. Those are useful in life also. I- I've chosen examples that are especially pertinent to business, but I would say virtually all of it can be used uh, in-, in your life outside of business. That, that's how I felt reading it, which really leads me to the next one. Okay, let's talk about number 13, Lucky 13. That's my birthday. So laugh, laugh. <laughs> that just makes me want to laugh. Tell me about it. Okay, well, you know, laughing is important, especially um, especially when things go badly. I mean, you know, if you're going out and you're seeing a really good comedian, yeah, of course you're going to laugh. That's fine. But when, it, when things are going tough... I just had a rule, you know, I, I, I often get tired about three or four o'clock in the afternoon and that sometimes, you know, big problem hits me in the morning. First thing when I come in, another big problem right after lunch and four o'clock, the third big problem of the day. And I have a choice. I can either get totally depressed and hide under my desk or go home or I can just laugh. I say, you know, <laughs> this is really not a very good day. Oh, well. And I, that doesn't mean I'm avoiding the problem, but it means I'm relaxing and just surrendering to the situation. And, you know, I'll take care of them all three as best I can. But, you know, don't get uptight. You know, they say, uh, for instance, sports, uh, you know, when you're running the 100-meter dash, relax. And that seems counterintuitive. How can you run fast by relaxing? But uh, I've got to suppose it's true because if you, if you, if you get tense, your muscles tighten up, you can't go as fast. And right. if your emotions tightened up, you, you can't really effectively deal with the problem. Right. So, you know, just laugh when you, when you need to. Laugh when you need to. We are going to head off to break. I totally agree with that. You know, one of my Lindsayisms is, you know, let the situation serve you, or how can the situation serve you? And I say that a lot. Uh, raise my kids saying that. So, you know, laughter. You can be stressed. You can be stressed out in, you know, traffic or whatever. You can just kind of giggle and think, there's a better way this can serve me. So, I really appreciate it. We're heading off to break. We're coming back. We've got lots of good stuff. I like to save some of the my favorites uh, toward the second part. So, stay tuned and we'll be right back with Alan C. Fox. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Women can live their lives to the fullest and realize their dreams for growth and greatness. Georgine Summers knows. As host of On the Edge, Georgine will give you powerful tools and rules to help you change direction in your life and get rid of the fears that stop you from living your dreams. Stretch your boundaries and become the amazing person you've always wanted to be. On the Edge with Georgine Summers airs live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Do the adventures of Indiana Jones leave you curious about this exotic and unusual profession? If so, don't miss Indiana Jones, Myth, 
Reality, and 21st Century Archaeology with Dr. Joseph Schuldenrein. You'll learn about forensics, ancient civilizations, and human origins. Listen to Dr. Schuldenrein and colleagues discuss their excavations and related archaeological topics, ranging from the unique to the sublime, and yes, even the mundane. Indiana Jones, Myth, Reality, and 21st Century Archaeology, live Wednesday, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific Time, on Voice America Variety. Have you learned how to play the money game? There are all kinds of rules when it comes to money. Should I spend it now or save it for the ultimate rainy day? If I make a tiny mistake now, will it really affect everything in the long term? For the answers, tune in to Cultivate Your Financial Health with Wayne Firebaugh. You'll come away from each show with a better understanding of the rules of money and how it sets up your future. Listen Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time with a replay Saturdays at 7 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned in to Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets. To connect with Lindsay or her guest, please call in to the show at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to lindsay244 at sbcglobal.net. That's L-I-N-Z-I-244 at sbcglobal.net. Now, back to Illuminating Now. Hi, this is Lindsay Levinson. We are back, and you are listening to Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets. I am your host. We're here with Alan C. Fox, our guest. He is a New York Times bestseller, author, best-selling author, and USA Today as well. He was number one on Amazon when People Tools came out back in April. We have him back again. He released this book, People Tools for Business, in September. So another big hit. And, and he really incorporates relational dynamics into strategies that are something you can use right now. You can read any of these strategies if you're at work today with this book and do something different with the way your day went. And it's it's really nice to see an author write in a way where people can use it and people can understand it and people can make it valuable. So Alan, let's go back. Um, you know, your humor always cracks me up. You, you have me laughing through the whole last show, You this show too. So ASS, let's just go with ASS. Um, it's, it's funny, but I, it's just probably one of, one of my very favorites um, that I think is of importance. So talk to me about ASS. Okay. Yep. ASS, and I kind of like the title too, is <laughs> um, After Sales Service. Oh, okay. So 
It's important. You know, you've, you've made the sale. Okay. It's not easy to get new customers. You're a new restaurant. You advertise. You send out flyers. You give a discount, whatever. You get people in. You want to keep your customers. So it's after-sales service. In a sense, you've made the sale when they place their order. I used to have a string of uh, frozen yogurt stores, and we would do two-for-one coupons, etc. But if people came in and didn't like the service or the product, they wouldn't come back. And I know that where I had really good stores, I had a really good manager who would greet people, remember their name, uh, remember what they wanted. Uh, When I go into a restaurant and they say, you know, we have your usual, that means they remember me. They're treating me as a person. Or uh, as far as people tools for business is concerned in my business of of, uh, syndicating real estate, almost all of my investors are repeat investors, and they go into two things, five things, 20 things over a period of time. So I think that after-sales service, meaning take care of the clients you already have with the customers that you already have, I think is very, very important. Yeah, and you know, people sometimes are in the moment and want to just make, you know, what they will of a situation, but that whole point about the continuation of any growth, of any business, uh, your your potential for future is, uh, and so many of your, you know, strategies and your thoughts are always about what it is to take care of people so business can go on. Um, talk about be a contrarian. Well, Sure. I was raised to be a contrarian by my dad, and uh, he was very interested in the stock market. And he said, look, Alan, when everybody wants something, when the price is going up, um, then everybody wants to get in. You know, the stock was at 10, now it's at 20. Oh, now we have to get in. Um, and my dad did something very interesting. Many years ago, he called his stockbroker, D.F. Hutton, and he said, uh, I'd like some information on First Charter Financial, like savings and loan stock. And the broker said, well, the savings loan industry is so terrible that we don't even do any research on it. So my father hung up, smiled, and and bought, I believe, 5,000 shares of First Charter Financial, $7 a share. Five years later, when it was very, very popular, he sold at $28 a share, so he made four times on his money. And the point is... Like, you know, we're all familiar with the recent housing bubble, which popped about 2007, 2008. And, um, uh, you know, in real estate, which is what I deal in, they say that they have 10-year cycles and five-year memories. And um, I'll tell you, 2007, lenders were making commercial loans of interest only for 10 years. Today, they're starting to do it again. And they've forgotten that all these bad loans they made still have to come home to roost. So be a little leery. When everybody wants to buy something, that may be the time to sell. And when nobody wants to buy something, that may be the time to buy. Go go yeah. against the grain, um, when, especially when you're thinking about commercial matters and the hot markets and slow markets. And I would add that Again, in in personal relationship or, I mean, in this book, it's so appropriate. In other words, how you're describing this to me is leadership. Leaders. Leaders think on the edge. Leaders are the ones everyone rolls their eyes at and looks at a little funny and thinks they're just a little strange. And that's why they're leaders. They lead us somewhere new. If we all thought the same, we'd live in mediocrity and there'd never be anybody making that extra buck or doing that extra thing. So, um 
So I, you know, really feels like the definition of leadership to, you know, uh, a contrarian and in many ways non-conforming. You know, thinking in your own way about something that might really yes. be, be a benefit. I liked how you talked, and this might, I don't know how hard this will be to describe. Um, I loved how you wrote it in the book. I loved how you wrote an actual, you know, you gave like a letter so that, so in toot, you know, like toot your own horn, be able to tell your boss maybe some things that are good about you or that, you know, you're doing right and do it in a way that is somewhat subtle and not bragging. Is there a way you can explain this? Because I loved how you wrote it. Yes. Um, and actually, the way I wrote it was pretty easy because that, uh, that's an actual you know, semi-edited email right. from, uh, from the it. head of my accounting department. And you have a problem at work and in life, and that's why I wrote about uh, tooting your own horn or toot in People Tools for Business, because you want to let people know how well you're doing, but you don't want it to be offensive. So how do you walk the line? And I think the way you do it is don't brag in terms of comparing yourself with others. You know, I'm not going to talk to you, Lindsay, and say, well, I'm the best writer who ever lived. That would offend people, and it's not true either. So, you know, (laughs) that doesn't work too well. If I say, well, you know, I've worked at the business for, you know, 45 years. I've done this. I've been pretty successful, et cetera. And that's what my head of accounting did. She she told me about, because I told her, "I, I don't know. I don't. Go down there and see you interacting with people. And so she gave me three examples of her dealing with uh, with employees, and one of them was really good, one was pretty good, and the other was where she learned to do better. And so you see, I'm, I'm saying be authentic and and undersell yourself a little bit. I mean, on 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 people <laughs> people tools for business, we got a a very good review from Publishers Weekly, and I asked my publicist. I said, "Okay, how can I categorize that? I don't know for people, Publishers Weekly if this is fantastic or mediocre or what." So, uh, and I want to undersell it. She said, "Well, call it a great review. Don't don't call it a rave review." So, uh, you want to have the ring of truth and authenticity, and don't overdo it. But if you don't sell yourself at all. Then people won't know how good you are, and it's a. Uh, and I agree with you. It's, it's a very narrow path to walk. It is. It's a fine line. You know, this is a little different. I'm. St- I'm going to sidestep this on a little bit of a note, but it's bringing this up for me. And I know that I did that on the last show. Little things came up for me. Um, this reminds me, like I have a family member, and 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 this isn't unique because I coach to this with clients as well, and and have helped many clients in this area. But right now, currently, I'm working where they were complaining and they were talking about their resume, and they said, "I think I'm going to have to just customize my resume very uniquely." Like make it different for these different things because different companies kind of want and, – and my suggestion was and what I really believe in wholeheartedly in all areas of sending out resumes, just customize the cover letter. Always have your resume remain but that you research. And so I'm, I'm, it's just ringing for me on this note that you know something and that you stand out and that you're sort of special, but not because you say you're special, but because you can tell the company why you know they're special. And by writing, I, I can see these are what you believe in. I can see this is your mission. You know, these things really moved me about you. And if you write that in your cover letter and then have the resume, you know, um, I, I've never not had someone get invited to an interview where they wrote that very hand handmade cover letter that told the company why they're so special and that that's why they'd like a job. Yes. 
Yes, that's that's a very good idea, and and the resume can be your education, work experience, etc. And your cover letter can solve a specific problem you solved, which would be of interest to your potential employer. My my granddaughter, who has a learning disability, needs more time to write, and she got a D plus in uh, English. And the school where she had applied emailed her and said, "What's going on?" And she wrote them a very heartfelt letter back saying, I need more time. I I want to take this class. I want to learn. And it was a stretch for me. And went on in that vein. She didn't even talk to her mother. She just wrote the letter herself. And not only was she admitted to the college, she got a $12,000 scholarship because of the honesty uh, of of her reply and admitting that, you know, that she wasn't perfect. Oh, what a lovely, what a lovely story and, and how, how true that is, that that humility and that ability to name truth and be authentic, it's, it's just everything. And I just love that you evangelize that. This is, this is something else. You know, you told some personal stories about your brother, David, and you talked about the hidden agenda. And so you can choose to describe that any way you want. I want to say it was very moving to me to to read and 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 so relate to what families and what people go through with people that they might do a, you know want to hire and what's really going on in other people's minds and how does this all you know play itself out? Can you talk about the hidden agenda? Yeah, the hidden agenda is um, can be very. Uh, discouraging. If, if if someone says they want something and, and you give it to them and they're still upset, then it's uh, it's uh, it becomes difficult. I know in uh, in relationships sometimes uh, one one spouse wants out, but they're not willing to take responsibility, so they just make it so difficult and so horrible for the other person that the other person then wants out. And uh, my brother. Um, once uh, worked for me, actually worked for me twice, and I fired him both times, but I don't know why I hired him again. I was less competent than I am now. But the second time, he and I went to my therapist to to talk about it, and I finally said, David, I'm paying you for a full-time job. The minimum I need is that you be at your desk in my office from 10 till noon, Monday through Thursday, eight hours a week. And he said... No, I can't promise to do that. Well, you know, I fired him on the spot. Unfortunately, we'd driven together and had to drive home together. That was a very quiet uh, drive back. But you see, his hidden agenda is he did not want the job. He was being asked to do something he wasn't good at and was very uncomfortable with, and he wouldn't admit it. So he just finally made a statement which just I couldn't accept. So it's important, I think, if you have a hidden agenda, know what it is and, and be straightforward about it, and you'll you'll get to where you should be a lot sooner. And when other people do things that are confusing, yes, I want the job, but no, I don't want to come to the office, then maybe they have a hidden agenda, and uh, the, the hidden agenda normally wins out. I, I say let it, let it win out sooner rather than later, even if it's yours or if it's somebody else's, and um, and my brother and I got along a lot better when he didn't work for me. Yeah. Are you okay <laughs> if I read your last paragraph of this? Sure. Go right ahead. So this is the last paragraph um, in reference to, to you know, the fact that you had your brother working for you, David. So Alan says, I have one final word about David. When he was 60, 
Three months before he died of a sudden and unexpected heart attack, he wrote the following note to himself. DF, which are his initials, enjoying his life. 31807. And he writes, I am happy now because I know I have a wonderful future to live because I am in charge. No one else is in charge of my future. No one can stop me from living my wonderful future. Not even me. Yeah. I'm... So it ends with, yeah, and then Alan comments, I am happy that my brother's hidden agenda came to light and did not keep him from ultimately finding his well-deserved happiness. The way you write, Alan, and the way, you, the way you're able to tell these things, I mean, you know, no matter, it could be lighthearted, it could be, and then it just moves you to the core. I'm like, oh, oh my gosh, you know, this is someone who sort of worked with his own you know, his own thoughts in his head and some inner conflicts. And here he is writing about it. Even he can't get in his own way of his own life. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Your, your candor is, is really to be commended. I really want to say that. So talk to me about Give It Away. Um, okay. Uh, well, Give It Away. <laughs> Oops. I don't want to drop the phone here. I was giving the phone away. Um, <laughs> give It Away essentially uh, is, is talking about uh, giving away credit and and praising people. Um, uh, so um, uh, I uh, also though I'm giving it away. This specific chapter is about delegating, really. Yeah. And I've had a horrible time in my business career. I've been doing it more than 45 years, and I still have a difficult time in delegating. And I waste so much time. I get 20 emails, right. uh, five of which I delete, and the other 15 I want to do. Well, all I have to do is forward them to someone else in my office and say, please do it. And I find it difficult to do, as perhaps many people do, because I think that only I can do a good job of it. Well, right. if I don't get to it for three months, I haven't done a very good job. And also, frankly, people in my office with more specialized expertise in various areas than I have can do a better job. So give it away. Give it to somebody else who can do it more quickly than you can or better. And um, that way you'll accomplish a, a, a lot more. Right. Right. You say, you know, I pay for it. I don't cut my own hair, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> right? right? So there's just um, certain, certain things you got to sort of, you got to sort of accept and certain things you got to be able to accept that someone else can do too. So, and I really need to learn from, this is a good, that was a good chapter for me because I have a lot of that in me of holding on to everything and <laughs> being a little too overwhelmed to get anything done. So, um, okay, so I'm going to go to the chapter where I get my little name in your book. But, um, but it was interesting because, you know, there's so much talk that we're talking here about relationships and relations and business. People like to sort of separate that out as if it's something else. And it's just another place you go to have relationships. So you talk about I and thou, and I want to understand that versus I and it, you know, like what, what is this concept? Okay. Well, I and that was uh, to some extent triggered by our last uh, conversation and, and people tools for business. The I and thou references to a very famous book written by Martin Buber, um, many years ago, which I tried to read uh, two or three times and I never got past the third page, but really <laughs> it talks about treating the other person as as a human being, as a thou, not an it, not an object, not a piece of furniture. And uh, I told the story that you told me, um, you know, about your, your son and the Baskin-Robbins and 
the teenage guy behind the counter was having a terrible day, and when he gave him, gave him your credit card, he, he frisbeed it across the room, and you had to retrieve it from <laughs> under a chair. And then instead of going back, and you, as you told me, I believe, uh, you know, everybody's eyes were on you, and they didn't know what you're going to do. Uh, I, I would have assumed that sitting there, you're going to just light into the guy. Right. And instead, you had said, uh, you know, you you must be having a bad day. And he said, yeah. And then we went further, and he said, yeah, you know, I have a sprained wrist, and every time I scoop to ice cream, it really hurts. And I asked my boss for the day off, and he said, no, you got to work. And then you said, uh, well, that must be feel really bad. And, and the guy started to cry. You were treating him as a human being. And, I mean... I, you know, give a business aside, I just think that's the right way to treat other people. That's how I want to be treated. Right. I don't want to be treated just as a number, just as an impediment. I want to be treated like a human being. And um, I think in business that pays off enormously. Um, you, you, when you do interviews, you, you, you treat your uh, people you're interviewing like human beings, not not just, you know, you don't have your checklist of 20 questions and then don't <laughs> listen to the answer and just go on to the next question. You, you, you listen. And um, and that's why I have that wonderful story from you uh, from, from our last uh, talk, Aww. which I put in the People Tools for Business. Yeah. Well, and and let me take this opportunity to say thank you. How great that I couldn't. I, that my biggest tab. I have all all tabs, but my biggest one is the one that just says me, my my narcissistic me chapter. Um. So no, it it was lovely that that you did, and and you reacted on the air. You had an opinion just as well. You're not just a great famous author and and fabulous successful businessman. You know, you're a human, and and you were just like. Wow, Lindsay, that's a neat story. That's super touching. And so I feel about what you just said about your granddaughter. I mean, we share stories. We share, you know, experiences together. And we're all the more successful for it. And why, again, why people delineate business as a place that, you know, emotions and relationships really, you know, can be handled differently. I'm not not quite sure. And so here's one that you wrote, a chapter which goes along with, you know, certainly treating people like people, but what I really, I lo- I just loved the concept of this and how you guys came up with this, you and Devine, and appreciation attack. Oh, I'm sorry. We appreciate an a- audience a- of a- one? A- appreciation attack. You talked about how, you know, people maybe at the end of the day talk about what's good, but what if you just write in, in a moment, like stopped and appreciated whoever you know, and you, you, I've seen you do this. I've actually seen you do this personally to me on Twitter. Lindsay, thank you so much for your support right now, or I just mm-hmm. saw what you, so stopping to, to appreciate, you know, you talk about just yes. appreciation, I think, right? I, I think appreciation is, 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 you know, when in our, in our cars and machinery, there's oil to, to um, uh, alleviate the friction and alleviate the, the um, parts from wearing out. And I think appreciation um, and also humor are the oil for for human friction. And when you appreciate someone, that makes them feel better, want to do more. You're you're catching them being good. Um, They they feel good about it. And when they feel good and appreciated, then you feel good because you've done something nice for them. And it's uh, it's kind of an upward spiral. So I I think... uh, 
Uh, and a lot of people are afraid to appreciate Elvis because they're afraid that, oh, then they'll think they're better than I am and it diminishes me somehow. Um, I don't think so at all. You know, if, if, if somebody yeah. gets into college or gets an award, uh, even if I was competing for it, I, I can appreciate them. And also, maybe I'll lose this time and maybe I'll win next time. But appreciate others the same way you would want appreciation when you do something that you think is really good. Right. I just couldn't agree with you more. We are going to have to close the show. There's one that I wanted to get in really bad, so I'm going to sort of say that we have to move through it fast, but I have to ask you about it because I love it. The customer's always the customer. You know, and you, you say if you can only have one skill in life, learning how to effectively work with customers in business or in life is the one to have. Why, Alan? Absolutely. Well, you know, the customer's not always right. The customer is sometimes nasty and complaining and unreasonable, <laughs> but they are the customer. And you have to learn how to deal with other people and meet their needs, and you have to listen to them and do the best you can. It's only saying, you know, I can't help you, but there's a store down the street that can. So help people, and, um, and you know, they'll be friends of yours and customers for life. I love it. Okay. You know, Alan, I want to thank you so much. I, you know, you have five, but, but five months to get another book written so I can get you on. <laughs> so get, you know, get to work and get going because next, I'm having way too much fun having you. No, we, I mean, we're so, we hardly, you know, got through this. So I can't encourage listeners enough. And I, I really just want to thank you so much for taking the time to, to come and talk about your book. It means so very much to me that you took the time. Thank you, Lindsay. I appreciate it a lot. And we'll talk again. Yeah, we will. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close up. You're going to hang with me here. So here's what we're going to say today. You have heard author. And this is, as I said, New York Times bestselling author, Alan Fox. And he's talking to us about people tools for business. He's given you examples. And he's talked with tremendous candor in his book. And there's so many personal examples. You, you will want to get this book. It's really, really not just an easy read, but super compelling and a pleasure. He talks about his own life stories. He talks about highs and he talks about lows. He talks about mistakes he's made and that's how he learned certain things. And so it's really, really, again, a wonderful thing to read and it's been really valuable. I want to make sure to take the time to say that you go to Facebook. There is a, a there is a promotional, I'll call it kind of a contest, but a promotional thing where we're trying to get some numbers for Alan on a particular thing he's doing and it's on my Facebook and I've asked people to hit the link and add support. And I want to thank Trace Levinson and Kaylee Levinson and Hannah Person and Cherna Engel and Eric Giles all for doing that and I believe there's more but those are the only names I could access because after a while I can't scroll as far down please go to my Facebook site and just hit the link that's connected to the Alan Fox thing and go ahead and add your support Lindsay's life secret here it is business is a large proportion of how our time gets spent working is where much of our quality of life can be found. We can be infused. We can get depleted. So we have to think about what we're doing with business and in our jobs. You can work smart or you can be sloppy. Sloppy does not mean you're doing it wrong. But there is a question to be asked. Could you do your job more right? Be careful. Be thoughtful. Seek wisdom. Leave your ego at the door because let me just tell you, it won't help you inside the doors of work. And remember that business is just another place that we must grow and maintain intimate relationships. And 
our lives kind of depend on this and it depends on us paying close attention and using really clean intention. So I thank you all for listening. You're really busy people. You have so many choices. There's so many shows. There's so many things to choose. And you choose this show and you've built up the community. So thank you so much. People tools for business. And frankly, I still carry people tools, the 54 strategies. So this is the 50 strategies. But go to www.peopletoolsbook.com. And honestly, you're going to want to grab this book and keep it with you. Alan is trying to evangelize messages with true concern from his heart for happiness and success and wealth, wealth of many flavors for all of you. And so I hope that you get the book. I hope you read it. This is Lindsay Levinson. We've had Alan C. Fox. He's been our guest. And I hope that you all have a meaningful and fabulous week. Thanks. Thanks for joining us for Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets. Please join Lindsay Levinson again next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a terrific week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network its staff, and management.